the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. To learn more about Next Level Loan Officers, go to becomenl.com. Hey, this is Frazier with Lead Pops and Next Level, and I'm proud to present this episode of the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. Lead Pops is the industry's only future-proof growth solution. You can check us out at leadpops.com. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Loan Officers podcast, the number one podcast in the universe for loan officers by loan officers talking all things mortgage and uh, and man, just being a cool LO out there in the community. Joined today by my fellow co-founder and Next Level, probably the hardest coach we have for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. In what way? I don't know. Hardest just, to work with, hardest to manage, <laughs> all of the above, all probably. Of the above. Yeah. Uh, give a yeah. give a warm uh, podcast welcome to Shane Kidwell. Shane, welcome to the studio today. I feel like I need the studio claps. We used to do that, you know. Yeah, I have it on my thing, but I'm not sure what button it is, and who knows yeah, what's going on. You don't want to press the wrong button. button. Oh yeah, you'll get oh. the wrong one. You know, listen, yeah. man, we're here today talking about it. Well, let me just back up for a second, right? Like what just and we're recording this just in transparency. We, we post these pretty quickly, but we're recording these on, Mar- on March 15th. And man, you know, I, I kept telling somebody, in fact, I think I may have even said it on a podcast a week or so ago. I was like, if we could just get some calmness in the market, right? Like, could we go three days without mortgage-backed securities moving at all, right? Well, here we are. uh, Mortgage-backed securities are moving. Banks are failing. I mean, it's just like... Turmoil. The band keeps on playing. Like, the Titanic is sinking and the band keeps playing, right? It's just wild. Like, it's just a wild world that we um, live in right now. And uh, we've got mortgage companies falling daily it seems like uh so anyway all of that to say not not that this is a doom and gloom episode this is going to be a fairly positive episode actually but i think you know a lot of los are sitting there and all of this stuff is happening around them right yeah and and a lot don't know what to do maybe they're paralyzed by uh fear maybe they just aren't equipped with the tools and what to do and so one of the things you and I have been just talking about, man, is it's 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 almost like the great reset, right? We have to completely shift what we do. And you really broke it out in a really cool way. And so I want you to kind of share that with everybody here on like, you know, what does that look like? Because you kind of went through a similar. A I didn't kind of. Yeah, it was, it, was, yes. it was a pretty violent transition. And, and I'm going to I'm going to get a graphic and look at the day I I put in my notice to quit my corporate mortgage job and where the, where the market, the economy was, I probably had the most perfect worst timing. Mm. Um, but you know, you said you use the analogy of like the band keeps playing and the ship is sinking. And honestly, I think for most of us over the last 12 months, the ship was sinking. We started putting our finger in the hole to plug it. We were doing everything we could. We thought we stabilized the boat. We started bailing the boat just to find out that we were actually still sinking and there were more holes, right? Because like, I don't think that we all thought it would go on as long as it has in such the fashion that it has, but it just proves that when you put humans in charge of things, it's going to go a lot of ways and none of those are the ones we want or plan. So, so instead of just saying, Hey, I fixed the leaky boat and I bailed and kept on rowing. 
what I realized was I tried to fix the boat multiple times. It wasn't the right boat. And that's really the reset is sometimes you have to scuttle your ship. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the great reset came about for me because I, I took stock of my life and, and I don't want to get too much into the, like the mindset, but I do think it's really important. You know, over the last 12 years, I was a professional fireman. I was able to accomplish something that was a lifelong goal. I was kind of at like the pinnacle of my dream job. It's very hard to be a fireman. It's very hard to be a guy anymore and get in because of the way that they, the hiring process is, right? And I got in twice. I worked at the my literally the station that I had dreamed about working at as a little boy. Hmm. I worked at that station on the truck in downtown Seattle. And that was my dream. And then I had to pivot, you know, life life smacked me in the face. You know, I, I had a drinking problem because I was trying to cope with life and the stuff that you see as a fireman, then you bring that home or you don't. And then I went from that into the most stressful job, ironically, which wasn't the firefighting job. It was the mortgage industry. Right. And I got to a place where I had made a lot of money. I had done a lot of things. My first full year, full-time year in the business, I was part 1%, top 1%. I did that every year until I exited to go into the corporate world, but I was super unhappy. And the great reset, so I had like a half reset, right? And I, I retired from the fire department, went all in on my business, got a business coach, worked with David Goggins, worked with Satema Ali, worked with some amazing people. And, um, and, and, and I was kind of resetting all the time. And then the last two years, I was on the corporate side of mortgage. I was the EVP for a small mortgage company, learning on the job. Like I started and COVID hit within like a week. So not the easiest time to be learning how to be an executive and all credit to the company. They were gracious with me. We learned a lot together. But about six months ago, I realized that what I wanted and what I needed for my life, I took stock of my life. What did I want to be successful with? And if you know me online, you know that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a guy tried to blast me on social media, on LinkedIn, said I was a loser, said I wasn't successful. He was basically polishing trophies and taking pictures of his Lamborghini. And I just said, man, like with all due respect, and it, I, I was pissed. I'm like, you don't have the first idea of what success is. For me, success now is being the best possible dad I can be, helping my wife recover from a really hard time in her life and being an excellent provider. And so I had to reset. And so I stepped back into full-time origination after having been out of it for two plus years, probably on one of the worst days in the market. Rates had gone from two and a half two percent to five which now sounds pretty damn good but at the time you, you couldn't get somebody to touch a rate with a five and I had I had a, my loan partner had quit to go be a traveling nomad so my staff member who'd been with me for years was gone uh, I was basically starting over from scratch my CRM was broken like this is like the scuttling of the boat times 10 yep and and so i had to reset and so first i think what's really important is what do you do when you know you need to change and for me i think the first thing i did is i got honest i got real and i sat down with somebody that was farther down the river than me my business coach mike and we had session after session redefining what success was for me what did i want my daily my weekly my yearly outcomes to be And we talk about pillars of success and the things that mattered most to me. And then I broke those down even simpler. So there's a great like set of cards. It's a tool that Gary Keller actually created called the one. And you go through these values and you decide what are the values in your life. And I came up with seven values that were the most important thing to me. 
I broke that down even simpler into every day. What do I have to achieve to make sure that I feel like my day was a success? I need to move, be active for 30 minutes a day. You'll see me on my AirPods pacing the block on calls because I have to get in my movement. I need to be grounded in my spirituality. So I listen to podcasts. I listen to apps. I'm in a Bible study and I need to spend at least an hour with my daughter. Like if I get those three things accomplished, I've crushed my day. The reality is if I do those three things, everything else kind of falls into place. It's amazing how when you align the big things, the little things just kind of come in line. hundred percent. And so like for me, that was the biggest thing is getting really clear on what I want. Because if I'm going to show up at seven o'clock at my office every day in the shittiest market we've ever seen, like I've ever seen, this is the worst I've ever experienced. I got in an 09. It's the worst I've ever seen it. Yep. It's expensive to originate. It's, it's hard to have talented staff work for you because it's hard to afford them. Mm-hmm. The technology is always changing. The competition is desperate. And the consumers are apathetic to our message, yep. right? So it's a really hard time. So number one, it's really important when you need to change, acknowledging that, being honest about that. It's, it's okay to say you failed. It's okay to say you're burned out. It's okay to say you need to change, to pivot. It's okay yep. to say that what you thought was your dream isn't your dream. That's, I've come to know the sign of a true leader, somebody who's truly successful is just being willing to say it's time to scuttle the boat, right? Let's go build a better boat. And that's what's fun about being an entrepreneur is you can't build the new boat if you're still in the old boat. So I had to scuttle that boat. I had to really change. And then, and this is going to be a two-part series because I defined the top three things. These were the top three ATMs, the actions that matter that as a brand new originator, with 12 plus years of experience, success, top 1%, multi-million dollar years, lots of failure. So I had all of the extremes, right? Knowing what I know now, where do I start? Mm-hmm. And I think this is relevant for people who are, are closing 50 loans a month today or closing one. If you're closing 50, the likelihood is you're probably still living off of your old success. Like you're dying slower than other people, but you're still dying. Your boat is leaking, but maybe not at the pace because you have more reserves, you have more money, you have more plugs for the holes in the boat, but it's sinking. Our industry is fundamentally changing as we are experiencing it real time. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting to be in. And so then I had to identify these three. If I'm going to do nothing else in my business day, what do I do? Right. And so today I want to just go over that first one. And it's it's really just brand awareness by being the digital mayor. You know, and, and like in 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, that was, hey, just be on social media. But it's a lot more than just saying be on social media, right? The goal for me was everywhere I go, I need to be recognized. And please understand this had nothing to do with like, look at me, how great I am. I knew that the biggest asset for me to create momentum was being likable and memorable because there's 100 LOs, there's 200, there's 500 in, you know, a one square mile radius of my office, I have to be the most memorable LO. I work hard. I'm knowledgeable. I'm educated. I have great tools. I'm plugged into a community like next level. I have people that are more successful than me that I'm around all the time, constantly sharpening my ax. The most important thing for me is brand awareness. And like when you're the mayor of your digital marketplace, and I say that intentionally because if I'm the mayor of my digital marketplace, which includes my local boots on the ground marketplace, I can win. If all I do is, you know, market on the side of a bus, on the back of a bench, on the grocery cart, and I'm not on social media, I will lose. I will lose. Now, if I'm on, if I'm in the digital space, I don't have to be in a lot of those other places. Now you can do some of those and it can enhance your marketing, but it's not a replacement for the digital space. And so I just want to talk for the next couple of minutes about what I did to really make 
that pivot successful. And I'll tell you, you know, if if this podcast was going to go the length of time based on how many loans I've closed since I pivoted, this would be a very short podcast. Okay. Right? But, what I, but what I've done is I've built my database. I built my book back up. I've got engaging relationships. I have agents sending me referrals, reaching out to me. I have clients engaged in the process and I'm a brand new originator starting out. I'm like in month two. And I, Oh, by the way, I opened my own brokerage two months ago. Right. What timing? I'm either the stupidest guy in the world or I'm the bravest, smartest guy in the world. And that'll be to be determined later. So when it comes to being the digital mayor, you have to have this likability factor. So you need to throw all these douchey ideas that somebody else had out. You cannot compare. They say the thief of joy is comparison. Comparing to other people will never bring you true success and it won't make you relevant in the digital space. And so you have to be authentic. What are the things that make you unique? What are the things you always make? You guys always make fun of me like, oh, Shane was a fireman. Well, that's something that is unique to me that when I speak, no one else other than maybe a person or two can raise their hand and say, brother, I get it. I've been there. I know what that's like. Yeah. That's a part of my story. When I'm posting online, even if it's like a three sentence post, it's always engaged with my story. You know, I joke a lot. I love donuts. I love coffee. I wear a backwards hat. Typically, I'm always wearing hooded sweatshirts. But that's a part of my brand, my persona, and my story. When people say, like, why do you like donuts so much? It's like, dude, when I was five, my dad would take me out to Winchell's Donuts. And my dad passed away when I was eight years old. And so that is one of my fondest memories of my childhood. And so I'm like, so I just love a good apple fritter. Like, oh, that makes total sense. So now people send me apple fritters. When they come visit me at the office, they bring me apple fritters. That's being relevant. Now, what does that have to do with mortgage? Nothing but everything. Mm. Because people don't work with people who have a product or a rate. They work with a person who has a story who also has a product and a rate. But it's that persona, that story that's so important. So I post, I would post two times a day. I would be posting engaging stories. And what I do is I want to attack this digital awareness, being the mayor of my digital space in a bunch of different ways. And so I'm going to post engaging questions that are relevant to my story. I'm not going to be one of the mortgage sheep that copies a post that 900 other people use. Now, if I see a great post, I might copy that post, put it in my Asana board for later, but I'm going to tweak that post to fit my story. So I'm writing engaging stories and asking people engaging questions and engaging with them in a fun way. I'm kind of unfiltered. So I'll put funny gifts. I'll swear a little bit. Like I love the Lord, but I cuss a little like that's a part of my story. I'm also recording short form videos and I'm posting those on all the platforms. And for me, my digital space is LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like that is my digital marketplace where I need to be present all the time. I'm not on TikTok. I don't have the app. I don't understand the platform. I don't want my daughter on the platform. So I'm not going to be on the platform. Just me, not right, not wrong. So when I'm on there, I'm, 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 I'm doing these short form stories, but I'm telling stories about myself relative to the mortgage space. I did a video about a month ago and I put my AirPods in and I got my iPhone 14 Pro and I went cinematic mode. So guys, don't overthink this. You don't need a videographer. Sorry to all those videographers out there, but we're going to put you out of business. You need an iPhone, you need the captions app or something similar, and you need a decent audio source, AirPods or a Rode Go microphone. And then I just said, hey, I want to tell you a story. Seven years ago, I I like stumbled on this piece of dirt in eastern Washington, 
And I created this amazing cabin, which Kellen and the, the, the other founders got to experience all because I just had this cool idea, but I was able to fund that through this really unique loan program. See how I'm pulling it back to mortgage. But the story is what captures people's attention. Hmm. The average person is watching a video 18 to 24 seconds. If you don't capture their attention with your story, if you just say, what is mortgage insurance? Bullshit. Everybody talks about that. That's not going to capture the eyeballs enough to be a, like be a top of mind for your digital space. And then I tell the story, but I relate it back to the industry. I got, I think I got seven organic leads from that video and like four applications with four, five intake calls. And again, for a guy who hasn't originated, has no loan partner, has, has no real effective way of managing my database. That's ma- And in the worst market ever, right. that's massive, right? That's just one example. So I'm doing engaging questions. I'm, I'm doing funny images that I'm taking with my camera right? Like I am the news reporter. I'm not going online and stealing somebody's photo. I'm creating them in Canva. I'm going out with my phone and creating them and adding filters. And, and so I'm, I'm the one creating the content. I am the story. And that has turned into some incredible momentum. I have people, I, I posted, you know, I was in Utah where we built a branch in Utah for my company. And I was at this WeWork and it's a, where we're renting a space there. Like, and it's a cool space, right? We're in this cool area. And I just recorded a quick video, told the story of Utah. I had like seven originators, eight originators in a matter of like a, a day. Dude, are you in Utah? What are you doing in Utah? That's creating conversation. And like originators are paying thousands of dollars in leads every month to try to recreate that. And I'm doing it for free. So I think what's important is be authentic, tell your story capture that information and put it on like an i like an iCloud note or like on an Asana board because you're going to think of ideas outside of the best time to post and engage and you need to capture those stories. So I'm capturing my stories. I'm the reporter. I'm taking photos and I'm creating engagement. I mean, I walked into Cabela's. So I was blessed to have my daughter on my own for four days. My wife went on a vacation and she she needs it living with me and yeah, living yeah. with a two-year-old. And so my, my daughter and I, Olivia, we just go have fun. We get donuts. We go off and goof off. We just have fun. Like dad's her favorite. And it was raining outside. I'm like, man, where can I go? So we go to Cabela's. And man, if you're a two-year-old, Cabela's is like Disneyland. She's staring at all the 40-year-old, it's a well, Disneyland. If you're a 40-year-old male, it's also <laughs> Disneyland. So we're in Cabela's and we're walking around. And within a minute, a guy walks up to me. He's like, Shane, how are you? And it's a guy who works for... Uh, like King five, which is our local, like one of our local, it's our NBC affiliate. And he does marketing and he did marketing for me like eight years ago. And I'm like, Scott, man, how are you? Well, the guy recognized me and saw me. I goes, Oh my gosh, your daughter's so cute. I see her online because Olivia, my daughter is a part of my story. Then within like two minutes, like the Cabela's people were probably like, who is this guy? I'm, I'm nothing by any means. A guy walks up to me with his girlfriend goes, Shane, I'm like, I, I have I have no idea who this is. He goes, hey, man, it's so-and-so. You did a loan for me last year. And like, I have a pretty dialed-in system where I don't have to meet with people in person. I, I never really ever meet my clients other than Zoom meetings. But they like me, they know me, they trust me because of how I engage with them. So, and he's like, oh my gosh, man, it's you're doing so well. It's so cool to see your story. And like, I haven't done an effective job of marketing to this guy. Then, of course, three days later, he texts me, hey, man, can you help me with this thing? And now we're creating that additional conversation. We're continuing the story. 
like those are just a couple of things, but like first and foremost, you know, I think that's the number one ATM. If I'm an originator who needs to hit reset in my business, I would focus on like simply put, you need to be the digital mayor of your space. You need to define that space. You need to have a strategy for it. I'm not on social media to complain about politics. I'm not looking into conspiracies. I am there to build my brand and provide for my family, simply put. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I'll say this too, just to kind of add a little bit, you know, I think in times like these, right, where things are happening, as we already talked about, we we're talking about the orbit, things that are orbiting around us that are scary, right? Well, they're scary for the agents as well. And so yeah. those agents are looking for who has the answers, right? Who who do I trust when this when these times get like this? Where am I gonna turn? And the reality is, is if you're there and you're telling your story and sometimes your story is, you know, about my kids, sometimes it's about the market insights that you have and the knowledge, that's where they're going to go. That's where they're going to turn to in their time of, of need. And that's where you build those long lasting bonds and relationships. Listen, man, this was great stuff. Like I, I love the, you know, scuttling the ship that you're in, you know, understanding how to do that and, and where to make that pivot. And hopefully for the loan officers that are out there listening to this, somebody may have been driving in their car on their way to work going, I'm in the wrong boat and just had that realization. And if that's you uh, and you're listening to this, we, we want to help you uh, not only with your mortgage business, but if you're, if you're, uh, considering a transition or anything like that. Uh, not that we have a home for you, but we would just guide you through that process. Uh, you know, be, become a part of our group. You can do that at becomenl.com. Again, becomenl.com. You join up with a bunch of cool people that can uh, help you through this walk. So uh, as Shane mentioned, this is a two-part series. Uh, so we've got the kind of the back half of this um, still to come. So stay tuned, check out our podcast and uh, keep your eyes on or keep your eyes out for the next episode. Thanks everyone. Have a great day. We'll see you.